Hello, this is Pastor Mo, Senior Pastor at First Baptist Church of Broussard. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to these messages. My hope is that this sermon will be a benefit to your spiritual growth and that you will prayerfully take to heart the contents of this week's message. I also encourage you to pull up the accompanying sermon notes and follow along as you listen. If you have any questions or would like to follow up after the sermon, feel free to contact me or our staff here at First Baptist Broussard. May God bless you as we begin this week's sermon. God wants to speak to us. That's his desire. That's his intent. And I hope today that we can understand that God wants us. He wants to give us direction and guidance so that we can have an authentic, genuine, life-changing faith. That faith is sustained and grown by hearing and obeying God's words. I think all of us here, whether you are investigating the claims of Christ and thinking about becoming a Christian, or whether you're a new Christian or you're a Christian been a while, we all need to hear God's voice. The world is so distracting. As you heard the irritating sounds at the beginning of that video, that's the, sort of the cacophony of our society and life around us. The world is throwing so much at us that sometimes we can miss out on the quiet, still voice of God. Today we want to look at that because what you believe about God and how he speaks or if he speaks makes a difference. If we're going to have a, a foundation, a, a, a authentic life-changing faith, then we need to have a good, firm foundation, which, by the way, is our series that we're in now, uh, Firm Foundation. And we've been looking at various doctrines, biblical statements, and truths over the last several weeks and realizing that these things are important to have a firm foundation of what we believe. Because as it says here, and as I say every week, what you believe matters. Because what you believe will influence what you think, what you say, what you do. And I think most of us agree that pretty much sums up much of our life, thinking and saying and doing. So it's important that we believe the right things, especially the right things about how God speaks or uh, if he still speaks or not. So what we're going to be looking at today, I'm going to review a little bit uh, about four years ago, and I'm sure you remember this sermon uh, four years ago. Uh, actually, just these first slide here. Uh, but I was surprised this morning. Ross came to me and says, he saw the insert and he said, you preached this sermon already. And uh, he said he had listened to it on the internet. By the way, most of the sermons are on there. And this was about four years ago. So good listening. The rest of you, pick up, do like Ross and, uh, and, uh, and do that. So this is a review. Uh, but uh, the first slide here is. But I think we need to make sure that we catch the groundwork. Because some of you here are, are you're not quite a Christian yet, or you're, you're new in the faith, and you may not quite understand everything as much. So we repeat some things sometimes so we, we don't lose anyone. Uh, but hopefully not too much. But I think you all would agree that God speaks today through and has through his word. The first one, Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word, O Lord, is a lamp unto my feet, and a light to my path. And in 2 Timothy, you all know this one probably, 3, 16, 17. All scripture is inspired by God and is proper for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. So that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. 
we as Baptists, as Southern Baptists here, now you, you may or may not be a, a Baptist, that's okay, but we as a Baptist church have had a history, a heritage of biblical basis and knowledge, the importance of the Bible. And that's, that's my belief, and that's our church's stance, and we'll continue on uh, in that area. But the Word of God, the Bible that we speak here, I believe is the infallible, inspired, and authoritative Word of God. Amen. Amen. It contains the words of God that He wants us to know. Now, there are many more things that God has said that Jesus did here on this earth that are not recorded. And some of the things that we find in the Bible seem to be rather uh, common and just doesn't make sense. You know, like how to wash your hands and clean the mold off your house and things like that in the Old Testament. But all those things had a principle behind it. So when you read God's word, you are reading and you are listening to God's voice. Now, he speaks in many different ways. The Bible is the key. But it also needs the second one to really make it clear. And that's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. God speaks through the Holy Spirit in, in our spirits as well as as we read the Scripture. Isaiah 30, 21 says, And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. When you turn to the right or you turn to the left. God is always, even though Testament has designed to give direction. Remember in Proverbs, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. So God's always been in the directing guidance business. He, he speaks from the very beginning in Genesis 1. He says, God spoke, and the worlds came into existence. So God has always been a God who speaks. But his Holy Spirit is a special tool for us. John 16, 13. When the Spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit, comes... He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. So, God speaks through his Bible, and, and primarily through his Holy Spirit-inspired Bible. Because people read the Bible all the time and don't really get much out of it. Well, it's just a book. It's just words on a, on a page. Until the Holy Spirit brings it to life and you have an open mind, that's when it comes alive. So we have a part in that. God has done his part and he's ready to do his part, but we have to interact with him. And because speaking is a two-way thing. You know, you, you listen, but you also share back and forth. And then other people. Now, this is a tricky one. Because sometimes there are Christians who will give you their advice, their opinion. And it may or may not be lined up with Scripture. Just because you are a Christian, just because you're a pastor or a deacon or a teacher or a longtime Christian, just because you think and think about the Bible, everything you say and, and think is not totally, always 100% in line with God's Word. That's why we need to keep the first two have to be in place or you can just take all kinds of advice. I get advice all the time. I mean, man, y'all are welcome. Y'all just give me so much advice all the time about things. And, uh, you know, I listen. But 
don't expect me to follow everything you advise me on, uh, because, but I do listen, and I do respect that. But and the same thing with you. There are people who are willing to give you all types of advice. Some of it is good, but it must be filtered through the scriptures, and it must be in line with the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit in me is talking to David, the Holy Spirit in David is going to sync up, and we're going to vibrate, and we're going to, and we're going to recognize. And we may have different opinions and our personal thoughts about it. But your personal opinion, your personal thought is not equal to God's word. God's word is supreme. And if we find that I or you or anyone else here is thinking something, saying something, or doing something that doesn't line up with God's word, then it's up to you to adjust. You don't tell the Bible and tell God to change. We must make the change. And then circumstances. Think of Jonah in the Bible. That was a pretty good circumstance. When it gets swallowed by a well in a big storm, that's going to kind of wake you up a little bit. God spoke to him. Uh, but also you see underneath there, I put three things to sort of summarize it as well. Dreams, visions, and nature. Remember Daniel in the Old Testament? Had all kind of dreams. Peter had dreams. Paul had dreams. It was, it, God spoke through dreams and visions in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, and I believe he still does today. It's not real common, and it's not the major way. The, the Bible uh, and the Holy Spirit, which, by the way, I meant to mention, the Holy Spirit is really the Spirit of Christ. So when you read the Bible and the Holy Spirit speaks, it's as if not only God's speaking, but Christ is speaking. So Christ is the fulfillment of that. So we got Christ speaks for us too, but he does that through the Holy Spirit. So we keep that in mind. But visions and dreams, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, many Islamic Muslim people around the world have been coming to Christ by dreams and visions. They see Esau. Now that's what they call Jesus, is Esau. Not everybody says Jesus, okay, just in case you wondered. More people don't say Jesus than they do say Jesus. But Esau is what they say, Esau al-Masih. And the visions are coming, and many of them are coming to know Christ. So that is an, a, a vital way. But again, it must line up with the Scriptures. God is not going to reveal something that counteracts and conflicts with the Scripture. And it also, the Holy Spirit will confirm that in you. And then nature. Uh, in Romans 1. For what may be known about God is plain to them. Because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world... God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen and being understood from his workmanship so that men are without excuse. And what's that saying is that creation itself, nature itself, is like one big megaphone of God speaking. So technically, God is speaking every single nanosecond of your life. He's speaking to you. Now, if you're not listening, you're going to miss it. You get distracted. There are a lot of things in this world, good things, that can distract you away. But we need to listen. God still speaks. So, but three quick, four quick points before I get into the last part of it. Again, this is sort of a review. What you believe matters, because if you believe God cares about your life, then you're more than likely going to listen. You're going to be anticipating. If you don't expect somebody to say hello to you or, uh, or greet you, then you just kind of walk your way until somebody says something, kind of jolts you. But see, God is always speaking. We need to know. 
We need to believe deep down. That firm foundation I've been talking about. You must read scripture. You must choose to believe that God is good. He loves you. And he cares for you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. He knows the thoughts that you think. He's interested in your job, your family, your finances. He's interested in your friendships and relationships and things of that nature. But you have to believe that. Believe that. Secondly, ask God clear and specific questions. Rather than just say, Lord, guide me, lead me, which is better than nothing at all. But maybe say, Lord, I really need some direction. Will you guide me in your word and through your spirit? Bring some other people in my life and bring some circumstances to play that kind of guide me to help me to know about what job I should take, about this relationship that I'm considering, about my financial issue, my health concerns. You know, be specific. God wants, he cares about you. And then consider carefully your motives. Uh, James 4.3. You ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own pleasure. Many times we are not getting God's voice. We're not hearing from him because we have selfish motives. You see, just because you're a Christian, as I said before, even a mature Christian, doesn't guarantee that you're not going to have selfish thoughts. That you're not going to be tempted to be critical, negative, judgmental, pessimistic. Because that's the human nature in us. And that's what the world is reflecting. It's easy to sort of just slide in to that worldly view where we snap back or we do this or we turn away. But you see, we need to consider our motives. Our motives are to hear from God, to honor God, and to do what God's will is. That's our, that should be our motive, is to do what God wants us to do. And then obviously, this is, should be an obvious one, expect God to answer. But the problem is many Christians pray, but they don't really think God's going to really answer. It's just something I need to do. But see, God really wants to answer. He really does. So what you believe does matter. Now, if you want to take your Bibles and turn to Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter, well, actually 1, 2, and 3. It's in the Old Testament. It may take a while. You may have to look. Don't feel bad about looking up in the index if you need to. Habakkuk uh, is not one, or Habakkuk uh, is the way it would be said in Hebrew, or Habakkuk. But uh, in Habakkuk, uh, there's three chapters. In here, we find this prophet, this Old Testament prophet, listening for God. And he gives us uh, a brief, and it's, I'm just going to go through two or three verses, uh, even though all three chapters uh, apply. In chapter 1, he asks six questions. So he asks God these specific questions that we talked about earlier. He asks God these questions. Then we pick up in chapter 2, and I think it's on your insert. Yeah, two, verses 1 and 2 is in your insert as well. But listen to this. and This is about receiving guidance from the Lord. Habakkuk 2, 1 and 2. I will stand on my guard post and station myself on the rampart or the watchtower. And you'll see over to the right is sort of a one that would be similar to what that would be. And I will keep watch to see what he, God, will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. Then the Lord responded, Write down this message, record it legibly on tablets so that the one who announces it may read it Easily. Now, from this two verses, 
and really a few other verses in Habakkuk 1 and 2 and 3. We come up with some five brief things about hearing God's voice. Number one, withdraw. Remember verse 1, I will stand in my guard post and station myself in the rampart and watch tower. This is a long, like a lighthouse. If you ever seen any shows in the lighthouse, it's usually one or two people at the most. And it's kind of lonely, set apart. The idea here is that you need to withdraw from the world. Remember at the beginning all that noise and all the distractions. A lot of us have problems with being alone. Now, I understand there is loneliness in the world, and we all struggle with that. But we need some alone time with God. Every single believer needs a time. I would suggest in the morning before your day starts. You can do it here in the day, in the evening. But set aside some time. Withdraw away. Get up early if you have to. And, and, and let the kids sleep or the, the, the spouse sleep or the family sleep or whatever. The dog sleep. Don't just pull aside and listen to God. Uh, and, and focus on that. I will stand on my guard post and watch tower. So he pulled aside in the New Testament, Luke 5, 16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. And as you've heard before, if it's good enough for Jesus, well, it's good enough for us. He needed that time. But we are so busy, so feel like, well, I, you know, I, I'll get, you know if I'm not, I'm not doing something, if I'm not reading something, or if I'm not with somebody, you know, I, I, I just don't know what to do. You know, God loves you, he created you, and he wants some alone time with you. Because that's when he can hone you and sharpen you and you can pour out your heart and not worry about anybody judging you. Because he's just going to listen. Now, he may say, well, you know, that's not what I said. But he's going to listen. He's going to care. And he understands. So withdraw and then Wait. Back at two, one, the second part of that says, and I will wait to see what the Lord will tell me. We are often, we, we come in places, it, many of you may actually have some devotion time or quiet time, but it may be something like this, where you say, Lord, speak to me, Lord. Okay, thank you. I'll catch you later. Man, you've got to give him a little more time than that. God can speak faster than you can even hear or imagine. But that's not the way he operates. And remember, we don't tell God how to operate. He instructs us how to operate. You see, we've got to get the order right. And if you don't have that attitude, then you're not going to hear from God. Well, not very effectively anyway. I mean, nature's crying it out and... You hear it from your Sunday school teachers. You hear it from the pulpit here. You hear, I preach God's word. Whether you like the style of it is, is, is another matter. But the, intent, the, t- the t- content that I share is truth. It's God's word. You need to, in your own life though, pull aside and wait. And then watch. Now you may think, well, it's kind of all the same. No, it's different. You can wait and not be watching. It's the intentionality. You have to pull aside to a quiet place, take a deep breath, and wait, and 
just watch and be aware that God wants to come speak to you. He will come speak to you in the right time, in the right manner. Anticipation, like the old, what is it, the Heinz 57 ketchup commercial, anticipation, waiting for the ketchup to come out. Well, if you, if you can wait for ketchup, you can certainly wait for God. Wait, and then watch, and then write. Uh, Vicki was telling about some of the girls writing their notes. Uh, and many of you write notes, and that's one of the reasons why we have inserts, is so you make it write some notes. But you should, I would encourage you to have a notebook by your devotion time. And as you read the scriptures, as you pray, and as you wait, thoughts may come into your mind. Well, it may be about, you know, cooking a, a roast for breakfast or dinner. Well, maybe not for breakfast, but for dinner. Well, write down, cook roast, and leave it there. Don't keep dwelling on it. Just get it out, write it down. But then listen as God begins to listen to you things about peace, quiet, obedience, and, and instructions. And as you ask questions, as you read the scripture, as you pray for the Holy Spirit's guidance, you're waiting, you're watching, you're anticipating, you're giving your full attention. Don't you think God is going to be able to give you a better guidance and direction at that point when you've done your part? Write it down. And then worship. Now, you have to go to chapter 3 to catch this one up. But chapter 3, verse 2 of Habakkuk says, Lord, I have heard the report, the words about you, and I stand in awe of you. When Habakkuk heard from the Lord... He was just in awe of the wisdom, the insight. Just imagine. Now, I know you probably think you're a pretty important person, and, and you are. But you know, the, the universe does not revolve around you. And 99.999% of the world doesn't even know you exist. And most of them don't even care if you exist. So I'm saying that to not get too cocky on yourself and expect God to just say, Yes, uh, Miss Ed, I'm going to be right here, and whatever you want, you just punch it out, you just push the button, and I'm going to give it to you. And everybody else can wait, because Ed's first. Now, Ed may like that, he may not, but that's not the way God operates. But he knows you, he focused on you every single moment of your life. There's never been a time, Paul, that God has not been looking at you and wanting to speak to you or to anyone else here. But we, if we don't stop, we'll miss it. But when we hear, we need to stand in awe and say, thank you, God. I worship you. You see, part of listening to God is worship is part of that time. It's an experience where we worship and we focus and we understand. And we thank God even when he tells us something that we may not necessarily like. You know, God sometimes tells us things that, uh, I don't know if you've ever had this experience in your life, but God tells you something counter to what you're thinking. I've had that happen. Habakkuk 3, 17 and 18. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there is no fruit in the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, Though there be no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet 
I will triumph in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. Many of us love to hear when God says, oh, I want you to go do this and be famous and powerful and successful. That's what we, you know, that's the kind of things we like to hear. You know, you're going to be successful, you're going to be happy, you'll be joyful, and this is it. But you know, sometimes, you know, God says, you know, pick up my cross and follow me. He says, weep with those who weep. Suffer with those who suffer. Give, even when you have to do without. Now, those are times we don't really like too much. You know, we don't want to worship the Lord too much. We don't want to necessarily hear God tell us, straighten up and get right. You know, that's not what most of us like to hear. But you see, whatever God has to say to you, however he wants to say to it, we need to be willing, waiting, watching. Because he is God and you are not. Keep that proper perspective. But the good thing is, he knows your name. He knows Miss Lynn's name, and he cares for her. He knows the number of hairs on her head and the concerns she has. And 100% of his attention is applied to you 100% of the time. But it's also applied to you, 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 you. Because God's like that. God is omniscient. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. So God has said... I want to speak to you. I've given you the Bible. I've given you prophets. I've sent Jesus. I've given you my Holy Spirit. And, by the way, I'm screaming at you 24-7 with the sun, the moon, the stars, gravity, and oxygen, and everything else around you. So I'm telling you, you have to be pretty hard-hearted to not hear from God. Amen. But a lot of us who have got some cotton in our ears... Things of the world has just drifted in and blocked us off. And God is just screaming at us, but we're not looking and we're not listening. So whose fault is it? Is it God's? Do we blame him? No. Because he is constantly calling out to us. My challenge to you is to stop and to listen. Because God wants to develop in you an authentic, genuine, life-changing faith. And I think all of you here want that. And that may mean that some of you, it's time for you to make that decision to receive Christ in faith and to become a Christian. But you see, your faith will be sustained and grown by hearing and obeying God's words, His voice. But that's a decision you have to make. This is Pastor Moak again. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this sermon. Maybe something you've heard in the message or read in the notes has challenged your thinking about your faith. If so, our staff is here to help in whatever way we can. Or if you prefer, check out the Faith Life tab located on our homepage at www.fbcbroussard.com. There you can find answers about salvation, spiritual growth, and getting plugged into a local church. And don't forget to check out the other sermons in this series as well. May God bless you.